Alrighty. Welcome. You know what that's. You know Welcome. what that's. Yes. Welcome back. The light it is best, best boys boy in your ear. A film podcast. Hosted Howdy ho, neighbors. By your, by your boy Slob Thomas. Slob. And, and uh or Corey with some stories sometimes. <clears throat> but but just, not all the time. Corey, you got any stories for us today? Um I don't think I do real ones. I uh I had an entertainment news thing that I had all prepped and ready and then I forgot about it and I didn't write it down. Well, um, that's why you gotta write stuff down. I just choked in the moment just now. Yeah. Um, but what are you gonna do? But anyways. You don't look it everybody. Don't look it up while we do it. <laughs> um no, I was pulling up my notes. <laughs> But, All right. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm like wide awake this morning. Well, I guess it's noon now, but my least sleepy feeling podcast yet. Um. Yeah, I'm a little. I'm a little. I'm a little sleepy today. Did you have a good week. Good weekend. No, it was. Uh... It was busy. I had to buy a vehicle, and it took uh, all week somehow. And I had to drive to three different locations and all over the city. It's terrible. I don't know. It's long. It's dumb. Not dumb. Not entertaining and uh, just annoying. So I'll leave it at that. I feel you. We're. I'm about to be on that journey. Uh, My partner wrecked her car or totaled her car like uh, two days ago, and we are now on the car hunt this week. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a thing. It's a thing, and it sucks, uh, especially right now. With the markets are not great, um, but yeah, watch some movies this week. Um, yeah, I got a fantasy football I- draft right after this, so um, we can't go too long. Um, but uh, so yeah, that, I'm excited for for that. The return of sport ball. Is and- there a normal season this year? As far as I know, it was nice. mostly a normal season last year. I thought they like started late or like it went no, into no like a different time of the year. No, maybe I'm thinking of a different sport. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So went to the theaters though, uh, watched some movies, uh, watched a movie in the theaters, and uh, that was good. I'm ready to talk about that. But that's about that's about it. This house stuff. Was it empty for you? Uh, when I went and no. saw Candyman, it was completely. It was me and Kyler were the only ones in the theater. No, um, we went at like prime time on Friday, and there was it was about half full. We went at like four p.m. on I want to say either last Sunday or Monday. Oh uh, well, that that's weird. why yeah, it was, you went at a yeah, weird it time. It's gonna be dead no matter what. It was great. We went down to the waterfront at the Lowe's Theater. And it was just, we did the, the Dolby room, uh, cause I have that AMC a list. So we get like the free tickets or whatever. Well, free, I, you pay for the monthly thing, but yeah, the Dolby saying, theater has, uh, has, uh, well, you, you just gotta see two movies a month and then everything else just becomes free. Um, but anyways, it had those reclining seats and stuff and it was just like, ah, oh, the best way to watch a horror movie. It was nice and cuddled up in the theater. <laughs> I, um, had an experience that I did not 
have in a really long time, which is being in a theater with a lot of people that are very vocal while they, very vocal while they are watching the film. Um, there was a lot of talking and reactions and um, and whatnot. And, I wonder uh, if it's like you get used to being like watching TV at home or movie at home, and so it's just way like was it more vocal than pre-COVID, or would you say it was it's about just, the same? I mean, it's the same. It's like I mean, for the amount of people in there, um, it was pretty loud. There was a lot of people talking, and I could hear the, specifically the people right behind us, like everything that they were reacting to throughout the film. Did it ruin the film for you? No, it didn't ruin it because I, you know, I I thought about the perspective of you know being in the theater um and like you that's part of the theater experience is seeing people's reactions to stuff if they're genuinely watching and not just talking about whatever which generally i think people were mostly watching the movie um so it uh, i mean i i like i was annoyed by it by at first um I, when i saw him cut gems the first time there was this uh bro kid behind me that was just talking about nothing the entire time and i don't like that but this uh didn't bother me as much because it's like at least we're experiencing the film together as a collective strangers um and it made it more fun yeah and the movie's oh, kind of fun the movie's kind of fun the new one is the old one is not yeah uh <laughs> the old one yeah. is not fun at all zero fun had I can really imagine what like what you're talking about watching Uncut Gems though, with how like frantic that movie is. I feel like you got to be really like, like paying attention to it and shit. Like, what can be more pressing? It's just they weren't into them. They weren't there. They were there to talk to these girl, their girls. You know. Oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. I was so mad about that. Um, yeah, I'd be, I'd be pretty pissed off. I hate that shit. I that was the so first time I saw it, too. This is the first time I saw it. The second time I watched it at home, and it was good. You know, it was fine. Gotcha, um, gotcha. So there are pros and cons to the theater. I think the theater is an overall better experience now that I've been coming mm-hmm. back um, after being stuck with only the big screen TV at home. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that the, because of the sound. I think it's not just the giant screen. It's the sound. Um, yeah. Having, I was... Candyman had excellent sound mixing, and uh, and I would agree with that. They was uh, what I was gonna say was when I between this and Suicide Squad were the uh, were the two movies that I did notice that it's like I'm either getting old because half the every time it got loud I was like God damn that's loud like my ears hurt, Um, and I'm because I'm a person I don't really listen to like the TV very loud at home. Um, I like it's just loud enough to hear what people saying, and I put subtitles on, and like I'm cool. But uh, yeah, the, some of the the bigger like noise scenes where you have like the scare jumps or whatever, or like uh, um, like the big action scenes and stuff, it's just like uh, there was a couple times that I just like oh winced, which is how loud it was. But it does sound so good having like everything you can like stuff behind you and beside you and like all over the place with the the way that the the speaker setup is. Um, makes a world of a distant difference, and when it comes to the immersion, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and even the, yeah, the, once we got past the previews, um, the movie was always going to be louder than anyone talking, so it's not like I was missing anything. Um, yeah, the the sound was amazing in this movie, and that's probably one of the best things it's got going for it. So you, so I, you did not, you, you wanted, seemed to wanted to watch the movie, the older movie last week, but you did not do that then. 
I didn't get a chance to watch the older movie, but I went through a bunch of comparisons and scenes of uh, like watching like the original scenes and stuff, just trying to get a feel of it. Um, my goal was to watch it on Friday, and then just with everything with Kai's, oh thing, yeah, threw it into a loop. Yeah, no, that's understandable. Um, I uh, yeah, I watched it first. Um, cause uh, I don't. I I mean I I rented it and watched it and it was it's really good it's actually surprisingly really good um it's yeah very... it sorry i didn't mean to cut you off i'm sorry um i, I don't i don't remember what i was gonna say uh it's surprisingly really good um and uh yeah it's i don't know it was surprisingly good it's very serious tony todd has a really cool voice um mm -hmm. yeah yeah, I say his voice sells every scene that he's in because it's just like he's got that perfect gravel and then like the opening scene when he's holding all the bees and he's talking about like rip you from your whatever your butt to your gullet or something. Um, it's so like I feel like it's like for that era. Granted, I guess that it's it's the 90s, so it's a little different, but it feels kind of like it's fitting in with those like 80s slasher flicks. But instead of it being corny or campy or cheesy, it's like actual like. This guy sounds menacing and terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a lot it's much more serious. And I mean it almost takes itself like super serious. It's the it's very nineties. Everything's really gritty and, and dirty and gross. Um it reminds me of Silent Hill. Um, but it's with like the American, you know, the African American ghetto. Um, which is cool. It's actually got a very, a message that's ahead of its time, surprisingly. I think the only thing that's socially, uh, not aged well is that the lead is a white woman. Um, it kind of saves, saves the ghetto from Candyman in the end of the movie. Um, but I think they kind of reconcile that. She, she gets taken by the Candyman in the end. So like she yeah. is supposed to like be with the Candyman now. And, um, but the new movie kind of retcons that a little bit. Um, and they don't, they kind of, they acknowledge her. They talk about her a lot, but they don't really, mm -hmm. she doesn't come up. She doesn't, you know, like she doesn't come back or anything. She's in, um, I thought she was going to be in, like I saw, I read that Tony Todd and <clears throat> Virginia Madsen were going to be returning or they were returning and Vanessa E. Williams, um, three characters that are in the original. Um, but only Vanessa E. Williams is actually on the screen as herself. The Tony Todd one comes at the end in a terrible CG uh, face. It was all oh, so, yeah. so bad. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so like, it was a little bit, I got, I, not that I got snow dogged or anything, but it, and it, it was just, they didn't actually use the actors. Um, yeah. other than Vanessa Williams, but she looked great. Um, for, yeah, which, uh, she didn't age at all. Like, <laughs> A little bit, uh, just like she's not as skinny, but that she looked great. Yeah, she was. Mm. She looked great. She was. Uh, um, she was just like super skinny back then, in the '90s one. And uh, mm. but it, so the new one is kind of like a soft reboot. Um, it's not a reboot. It's not. A, it's a sequel, but it's still a reboot at the same time. Um, kind of a deal. I think if it, I like these way more than remakes. Because mm -hmm. it, it keeps the continuity of the films. They can change a couple yeah. things, and they do change things, um, but it doesn't really fuck up the original 
at all. I haven't. There's two sequels actually. Like I don't know. If, I think they're straight to DVD sequels for the original Candyman. Um, yeah. But I don't think those. I don't. I didn't look into those, and I don't. I'm pretty sure they don't have any bearing on the new one. At yeah, all. this is just supposed to be. It's like how the the Danny McBride Halloween is gets rid of Halloween Part Two and it picks up right Danny after McBride. Halloween One. The Danny McBride Halloweens. Uh, he he like the wrote com- and the uh, comedian, piece. the comedy actor. Yeah, yeah the two most recent. Uh, oh, the the new one's coming out next month, and then the wait the one what? Yeah, what? Danny McBride, like, Danny McBride did those. He I think he co-wrote and then produced. I he didn't direct them, but he like uh, yeah oh. he's he's involved he's heavily involved in those in the in those the newer Halloween movies. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I see Halloween ends, Halloween kills, executive. I had no idea. There was a th- there was a preview for the new Halloween um Yeah, I don't think it looks good, but No, I didn't think it looked that good either. Um Yeah, ri- written by Danny McBride and two other guys. Me and Riss have been watching the uh, Righteous Gemstones and he's on that and it's pretty funny. Oh, man, I've only seen a couple episodes of that, but it just seems ridiculous like in a good way. Yeah. Um, it's just like make it like supposed to be a play on those like televangelist shit. Like yeah, yeah. But all right, this isn't a Danny McBride podcast. Right. Um, <laughs> the uh, so Candyman is based on a short story written by Clive Barker, and the original director and writer is Bernard Rose, um, which is interesting because he's British, and apparently he um was um you know thinking about. Um, race relations in the ghetto and and Liverpool, and instead thought it was more fitting to make the story take place in Chicago, um, and you know it was a, a very progressive idea at the time, um, but you know now it, it's definitely a story that needs to be told by you know a black um, voice, which is I think yeah. what's cool about what Jordan Peele. I, Jordan Peele has been wanting to get this movie made for a while. And uh, and funded it and helped write the script. I think he wrote the original script and then they kind of worked from that, um, yeah. from what I've gathered. And uh, I think it's I think it's really good. I'm glad this exists. It got me to look in the original Candyman. Um, I know the Candyman has a has a um, a big place with horror heads. Um, mm. I thought it was more just like a straight like like a slasher. You know, it's a little more cerebral than I thought. It's kind of mm. got like a the original story with um, Virginia Madsen's like a university uh, grad student, and she's doing a study on like this folk folk story about the Candyman and the and the Cabrini Green, which is a pro- housing project. Um, and the new one, um, it's Cabrini Green has been gentrified, and they've built um, you know these uh, fancy apartments on them with our lead um, Yahya Abdul Medin the second. Like I've been practicing that name, and yeah, that's that's it. That you killed it. <laughs> I'm practicing that name for today, and I've said uh, it five times in the mirror. I've right said it five times in the mirror. Uh, he, I know him from the Watchmen show. If you didn't see that, he plays. Uh, well, I don't want to spoil who he plays, but he plays a, a very important character on that show. If you haven't seen it yet. And he he's a great great actor. He's a great actor. Um, cut built like a brick shit house, and 
And he plays an artist, and uh, that's from he's not he uh, he plays an artist, and he slowly finds out uh, that he's actually originally from the area, and he didn't know that his mom told him he wasn't from that, and he, uh, he descends into the to madness with his obsession with with this Candyman, and uh, Pullman Domingo's in it, who uh, is you know friend of the show uh, from the Zola episode, uh, yeah, and. Uh, and he also oh, yeah. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Great in this. Yeah, he's great in this. He's a great actor. Between I've I've uh, between seeing him in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, then Zola, then this, I'm now like, yeah, you're a good actor. Um, though I have some problems with the ending of this movie, which uh, and yeah, uh, I got confused at a, at a, with a certain twist. Yeah, me and Riss had to like take. It took me and Riss like 20 minutes to talk things out about the uh, the ending to make it work in our minds. And uh, but the movie is perfect to me up until the end, until like the the last maybe you know fifth of the movie, the last yeah. twenty minutes, maybe fifteen minutes. I am so into this vibe. It's high art, street art. Um, high. It kind of remind me of Velvet Buzzsaw, the uh, the the movie with Jake Gyllenhaal in it on that was on Netflix. Um, the guy who did Nightcrawler did it. It was a horror movie and it was about high art. Um, there's actually a lot of similarities with the, like the use of the galleries and art pieces and things. Um, but this is a lot different than that because of the way it talks about, um, you know, the black experience and whatnot. Um, so our artist, Yahya abdul Medin the second, his name's Anthony McCoy. Um, he's this hot up and coming artist. He deals, his, a lot of his work deals with, um, yeah, like I said, the black experience and race stuff, and uh, um, he, he needs something new. He's looking for, he needs a new project. He's starting to get stale. His stuff's getting stale, and he stumbles upon this Candyman thing um, when exploring the old uh, gentrified projects in the area. And Coleman Domingo tells him about Candyman, and it kind of, because uh, um, he's, he's lurking in the fucking run, the closed off projects, and uh, tells uh, him about the legends. I love the uh, the con like it was uh, done in the art gallery scene when the art critic is there and the whole conversation of just like artists come in to make like the poor community seem cool and then and like to profit off of it and then it ends up getting gentrified and it just becomes and then it pushes the poor out and then it becomes a new place and it's just like a cyclical thing. I thought that was a very interesting conversation that the movie had um, and just kind of like the overall theme uh because it, because the whole Candyman thing towards the end makes like i came off as like oh this this feels cyclical um as well and i, I it was very interesting conversation because i as you know we're, we're you and i are both artists in our own way and so it's just like something you never think about because you just think like like oh yeah we me and Riss uh, talk about this all the time that's the cycle of like, yeah that's the cycle of gentrification we were talking me and Riss were talking about this just a few months ago and just like artists move into poor areas because of the cheap housing, they then turn the poor areas into hip spots because of nightlight, music, and shows and art. Um, and then that makes normies want to go to the hip party spots, which are at you know where the nightlife is. Which then uh, capitalists want to build um, apartments uh, or and stores to sell things to those people that are coming to there, which then forces the original poor people that live there out um, yeah. of the area. 
And uh, I've seen it happen in Pittsburgh in multiple multiple neighborhoods. Since I've been mm. alive, since we've been around Lawrenceville and Bloomfield, um, I know a lot of people. East Liberty was a lot. Uh, East Liberty, um, people start to say that uh, areas like Troy Hill and Millvale, um, um, even New Kensington, people say it's starting to happen too. Um, well, me and when me yeah, and Joel this... were living there. When I was uh, working at the rental house uh, a few months ago, we had a guy in there from New Ken, and he was just wouldn't stop talking about how it's it's going to be the new like Lawrenceville and all this stuff. And he's like, he's saying like it's having this big comeback and resurgence. All these people are trying to put money into it and try to get like downtown New Ken back up and thriving. And it's like, like because it's one of those things where it's like, it's, yeah, that sounds phenomenal, it sounds great. And then it's just the side effect of that is just. It's just you know, the gentrification. You don't know and, what that's doing, yeah, to the people that are originally from that area. Yeah, it's, it's like, a, it seems like, yeah, you you know, you're raising the economy of the town and everything, and that's great, but it's when you raise the cost of living and you price out the people. It's the same thing happened at Time Bomb. It's still there, thankfully, but that was a big fear. Uh, that clothing store in East Liberty, whenever that was happening, the I remember going in there back in college, um, shooting some stuff, and the owner was just like, yeah, our rent, has almost doubled over the last couple of years and like well, i don't know how we're going to afford to live here and stay or like keep the shop here and stuff and like thankfully they're still there but the um yeah i can't even imagine how hard that is as a business owner um let alone like a just someone living there yeah yeah exactly uh, people that have lived there for generations and, and that are yeah. poor that are in those in like row houses and whatnot um, so yeah, this deals with that a lot, and I think that it's uh, the first time I've seen it talked about in like I've had conversations about it with friends, but I've never seen it talked about in um, a piece, a film, or TV or whatever. It, and the way that they put it together was, uh, or not put it together, but like the way that it was like discussed and like just kind of formed in the movie. It, it just it for me it made it a very kind of like um, realize that a lot easier and better you know what i mean because like having the conversations about it is one thing but then like the way i don't know the way it delivered it just like hit it hit harder uh or maybe i just like absorbed it better well and hearing it, it from black voices uh it definitely is yeah. gonna be better than a couple us white people talking about it and i think that's yeah. where it's much much more visceral when it's paired with their you know personal experience it's easy for me to talk about it being the being a part of the artists, you know, moving to the city from the suburbs. Um, but it's a lot different. I imagine being on the other side mm -hmm. and it's just, you know, uh, it's not like the artists are bad. It's just, that's their place, their place in, in all of this that we all have to keep in mind. Um, and yeah. the cycle of all this, uh, but, uh, um, but so as far as the, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and they had the comment on it uh, about like rich artists too. Cause like Anthony McCoy's character is like, he's very, he's very well. well yeah. His apartment is art. beautiful. Yeah. That's the yeah. other thing is he's rich. The, uh, now. He's no longer a poor artist. He's transcended the that. Like, yeah. The, the, the art critic at the gallery, like pointed out that it's just like, you know, like rich artists are just coming back just to use this and then drive, like inadvertently drive these people out was like, because like is yeah you have like the poor artists that like do that is one thing but then like mm. rich artists you could argue is just taking advantage of the situation just to like speak their voice but like you know at what cost I guess um, it was good it's it super great I everything about this movie just like like 
the vibe the is perfectly nailed. The cast, yeah, it, the cast is yeah. excellent. Like the main core cast is oh, fantastic. so good. I love uh, McCoy's girlfriend's brother and his boyfriend. Whereas yes. the, they're, yes. they're the lefty, they're, like the comic relief of the film. They're yes. so funny. Stole the like, show. Stole the movie for me. I want to see that guy in more stuff because he has so much charisma. Um, yeah, oh, the, the, the whole like black people don't summon demons thing and like that's yeah. white people shit. It was cracking because it's like playing on. It's almost like Scream. Um, yeah. you think about Scream, like the the um, what's his name, Shaggy, the act. What the fuck, the act yeah, yeah, name. I know Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard's monologues about how horror movies work, and that kind of reminded me of that. And it's very clever, um, but still yeah. fun. This movie keeps it light at times, and it's like all this levity and break from the mm. the super seriousness, especially compared to the original, where it is just hyper serious all the time. So, yeah, it's it's. A- really perfect balance of not just like dragging you down too much like when something's too gritty and too dull like i mean i feel like the the older one i've only seen the parts of it and it's but it doesn't feel that way but like you have modern horror movies now where it's just it's just the same shit over and over again until you get to the end of the movie and it's like oh they the demon's gone or some shit like that but the, like um this gave you time to process and think about the things that were happening on the, on the horror end while you were just calmed down by the comedy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So apparently uh, the brother's name, the actor's name is Nathan Stewart Jarrett. So I want to make sure I gave him his, his props, uh, a name dropped him. Cause I imagine he's going to be doing more things after this, but, um, uh, Tiana Paris, uh, plays Brianna, uh, Anthony's girlfriend. She's almost like she's Anthony's the lead of the movie, but she's the, like, they do the subversive, like, uh, I guess we can reveal this now. We've been talking about this movie long enough. Anthony becomes the candy man. Um, our lead is becomes the bad guy and Tiana, uh, Paris, Brianna car, uh, Brianna, uh, Brianna, she, uh, kind of then uh, is the protagonist of the film and the in the you know the the horror victim you know running away and everything in the end she survives um and I like that I mean it's been done before it's not like it's never been done before but it was done well here uh, we slowly realized that and like we kind of the audience kind of slowly realizes with Anthony that he is connected to the Candyman um um I see in the first movie so as soon as I saw that. You know, his mom was um, um, was the same character from the first movie, Anne Marie. Mm. I was like, "Oh fuck, oh fuck, Candyman's coming for you. You're turning into Candy." Like, cause he's he got bit by a he got stung by a bee in the beginning of the movie, and his hand is uh like, like rotting is away. rotting away, and skin's going bad all the way up his body, and it's all the way up to his face, and. Um, I, 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 that is one of the, that was one of the things where it was like, is that real? Is that in his head? But then he goes to the hospital, and I guess it does become real. Somebody commented um, on it. I thought at one point, like, don't like he was picking it or something, and someone was like, stop that. Like you can go. Uh, I don't think. I think it was mostly him just picking at it and hiding away from it until he the, got there was the at the dinner scene. I thought that one girl said something to him for picking his shit at the table. Um, maybe. Um. Probably, but the uh, I like the symbol, like the the foreshadowing though of when he gets his hand all bandaged up, they give him like a hook bandage uh, for his hand. Um, 
that was obviously pretty on the nose foreshadowing. Yeah. So I feel like at that point you know. kind of figured it out. But the um but the way they went about it was like I you were saying like he becomes the villain, but I feel like he doesn't be, it's not like a scenario where like they become the villain willingly because they're the hero in their own no, story. Yeah, yeah, not like, like that. It was their he unwilling. Un- yeah, and I, I just, it's yeah, his I, destiny. He's just like fulfilling his destiny, and he's a cycle. Yeah. And then that's the one thing that's clever about this. Sorry, I'm jumping on you, but I'm just realizing it's a good point. The cycle of you know, gentrification is the cycle of the Candyman. The week yeah, explained yeah. by Coleman Domingo that there are these generate. There's a Candyman of every generation, and it, the original in the original movie. The original Candyman was the son of a slave who had a business and fell in love with a white woman, and they lynched him. And but then Coleman Domingo tells us all these other stories of other people that become the Candyman, and now it's Anthony's turn to be the Candyman after their to yeah. in the original movie, and I guess in this one too, the Candyman is obsessed with his story being told. He wants people. It's kind of. It's very similar to Freddy Krueger. We, uh, I don't know yeah, if you realize right. that, but like, oh uh, no, I, yeah, yeah. As soon as they said that, like, his he needs this shit. Like at the end, when um, the laundromat owners like tied him up and stuff, when he's given his monologue, I was like, all right, yeah, this is definitely pulling from that. Yeah, like they need the story told, but it's different, and it's actually there's a lot of uh, "Say My Name" is the name of his exhibit, and "Say My Name" comes up a lot. Um, and there's even a moment where there's a newscast where they say Anthony's name, and he's like, "Oh my god, they said my name," and he's like excited, yeah. and they're talking about him in connection to murders, murder, <laughs> um, and he's like, my his name. girlfriend's like, "What the fuck? My buddies just got killed, and all you think about is yourself." Um, um and "Say My Name" is a um is a uh, slow uh, slogan for lack of a better term um that black lives matter is used for uh i believe um oh i think wasn't it brianna taylor uh the was, yeah say her name was brianna taylor and say his name was george floyd and then it becomes say it became say their names uh with just everybody yeah like the, yeah uh, who, i um and so like down in pittsburgh they have that fence that has all the names on it and says say their names real big in east liberty Yes, uh, so it's kind of incorporating that into that where Candyman wants you to say your name and say my name, and it's but it's also like the whole representation of Candyman is like traumas done to black people over history. Yeah. So it is kind of cool. It's pretty cool how they incorporated that. I really think that, and this is something that only I think a black um, writer directors. Could, you know that's why they need to tell the story because they can do it so much better than even the original not that the, the original is is really good movie um in mm. its own right and is necessary you know is if it wasn't if it didn't exist we wouldn't get this story um but it's got that you know the jordan peele and mod the new wave of uh black horror um i think of lovecraft country um and uh sorry to bother you and other things and uh this is just right it's right up there with all that stuff it's very it's excellent um the only and um the only thing uh, that brings it down for me is the ending um i don't know if there's anything you want to talk about before we get to the talking about the ending yeah i was gonna say before we get to the ending uh there was a they was talked about in the one movie that was an interesting theme where they said Candyman is not only like the villain of the area but he's also like a protector of the of the um the of the the projects in a sense because it's like it keeps 
people from moving in and gentrifying it because of all the murders and stuff. But at the same time, he's murdering all of these people. It was like a weird. Thing. He murders touch- black like- people too. He doesn't just murder. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, he's not he, just an the- Avenger. He he murders. Yeah. Period. Everybody. But the way that it was like touched on in the movie was he uh, try to because they, they it was like a line towards the end where it's like um that somebody said i can't remember who um that it's like him like these the like Candyman existence keeps like it the area from being gentrified but at the same time it's the price you have to pay to that is like keeping him his memory alive but it also keeps murders going and and in the movie he, Candyman murders almost exclusively white people until i think like, i think it's like one black person in it but obviously it being in the area like that it is it's like murdering everybody um but it was just interesting i i uh i didn't know if you caught that line or what you had thoughts on it um but it's i don't even like not necessarily know what it like if that's an accurate assumption or, or statement or whatever but it was just like something to, like I, th- I thought about it I, you know what i mean uh i'm not uh, i'm not sure i'm not sure i'm following you um yeah, I'm not sure if I'm following you. I don't know, it was like brought up like very briefly in the movie, um, but I can't remember who said it. But anyways, all right, we can just talk about the ending. It'll come to me later. Um, well, other than that, I wanted to talk about the paper, the paper dolls. Um, there's multiple sequences uh, of paper dolls, and they tell the stories of the. There's like an expo- expository um, mm-hmm. sequence in the beginning that tells the story of the original movie. And it's kind of wrong. It's not completely correct. And then, oh, I did like this. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. But that how they they change the story. So they change it, but then you find out that it's not true. So it's it, it like if you've seen the first movie, you know that's not what happened. But you're like, oh, maybe they they're rebooting it. And then you find out from uh, Anthony's mom that it's that isn't the story, and Helen saved Anthony from, um. From the Candyman in the end of that movie, because uh, Anthony is a babe is the baby of uh, in that in the original movie, and that's what they yeah. reveal towards the end. Um, so my problems with the ending is I feel like this movie could have used another 10, 15 minutes um, to do it, and uh, basically we get a long, a big monologue from Coleman Domingo that explains everything that that he. Uh, I don't understand Coleman Domingo's role in this all. Like, why? I, yeah, I didn't he understand exists. his motivation. Er, so, me and Riss just figured that since he's from that area and, you know, he saw what happened with the gentrification, that it was time to bring back Candyman. He knew that Anthony was still out there. And, um, and, uh, and you know, it, it, all it needed was you know to come back together, and he just had. I don't know how he just happened to be there the day that Anthony um, shows up, but uh, yeah, I don't know if he's like because he's not the Candyman himself. That is clear. No, no, he's like yeah. some kind of follower of the Candyman. Um, it was just weird because like he goes, Anthony goes back to the projects, and he's all like he's at his like peak of fucked up. He's barely even existing because of this arm decaying shit that's reached his face at this point and then he goes into one of the project buildings and there's just three gunshots go off but then the next thing we see him is you know he doesn't have any shot like gunshots on him or anything he's just tied into the chair and uh the laundromat owner is just like 
cat has captured uh, his girlfriend at this point and is just like making her watch him monologue and saw his hand off and shit and like um but i guess this was what i was saying about like the the um, i keep not saying his name uh the domingo guy coleman domingo i don't remember the character's coleman. name burke is burke, burke is yeah. the character's name i just know coleman domingo is burned in my brain coleman from domingo. The, from coleman the, domingo from the zola episode <laughs> <laughs> but Kwame Domingo is like he's the one that's just like that sees Candyman as something that can pr- like that protects the yeah the like like a dark like a dark event uh, um dark protector like it's a necessary yeah, evil exactly ne- necessary evil that protects the and I, you could probably say that it's some kind of metaphor for the violence of the hood um being a protector of gentrification yeah yeah um I think there's something probably being said there. Um, and that's, that's a pretty interesting statement if so. And he's also the villain. So it's, it's just a, it's a villain kind of perspective. Um, yeah. So he kind of, uh, he helps seal the deal and he, and apparently Coleman Domingo, I, I don't know if that was his own voice or it was a dubbed white person voice, but he calls the police. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, he yeah, ca- yeah. He kidnaps, uh, Tayana Paris's character and you, she comes to you and she hears Coleman Domingo on the phone calling the police, and it's a, it's like sorry to bother you, like it's like a, a white person's voice is like, oh, there's a crazy black man and he's got a gun and he's I'm kidnapped at yeah. this church, and uh, and if it was Coleman Domingo, wow, is that good? But I I don't if it was dubbed, it's just funny. Um, probably him, because he's not possessed by Candyman or anything, so I feel like he wouldn't have any powers other than that. It's probably his voice. Uh, that's pretty funny if that was. Uh, <laughs> And then the, the plan is to have the cops come kill Candyman, um, so that uh, all these murders will be will go on to uh, Anthony, and yeah. then the legend will continue. And this is where I, the point where I realized it was just cyclical because that's what happened to the lady in the first movie. Her story got changed into that she was accused for all the like she was the one that yeah, did all the, the whole movie was about around her, her. Yeah, the whole movie and was so, about like, her getting framed. Yeah. And uh, and so going like this is just a cycle of Candyman. It's like somebody finds out about him, gets obsessed. All these people start dying around him or her, and then they get blamed for it, and then they get taken by like either I guess now become Candyman or or what have you. Um, but it's, yeah, it's 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 I like that concept. But the ending where once Anthony becomes Candyman, and then Burke's reasoning for it like at all. Like I get it now, but it's still at the, it's still kind of didn't make sense for me. I don't know, but it's, uh, I don't know, but it, we'll keep, we'll keep rocking through to the ending. Maybe we'll all come together on, uh, with it, but they so, so saw his hand off and then, uh, he, you know, shoves the hook in, you know, ties it with a belt and gives him the coat and everything. Uh, and then McCoy's girlfriend breaks out. Um, Brianna breaks out uh, and, and starts running, and Burks runs after her, and like the the chase, little fight scene in the projects, and Brianna kills Burke, and uh, can't and, and sorry, go. On. I was just gonna finish what you're saying. Anthony kills Coleman Domingo, and then the cops come, instantly kill uh, Candyman Yaya Abdul Medin Anthony. And uh, instantly, and then, no hesitation, no hesitation at all, which is fine. I can see that happening. It's just very this whole from this point is very rushed, and yeah, 
It's very rushed from this point. And that's my issue. From the monologue in the church on, the movie is very, very rushed. And then we have this excruciating, long scene of uh, Tiana Paris talking to a cop with, in it, with this bearded cop. And, they're, and the cop is not a good actor. Um, and he's just like, you can, we can do this one way or we can do this another way. And this is so heavy handed and it's happening so fast and instantly like they rush her into the car and a cop has to come in to gaslight her into, uh, you know, pressure into making a false statement. And like, they would at least take her back to the station and like, whatever. It's just like, it's just rushing it to just make this point happen. Yeah, at yeah. the end, it, and then I don't have a problem with like you know the, the killing the cops and the Candyman, uh, Yaya Abdul Mateen. The CG Tony Todd looked fucking terrible. Um, I, I had ha- a problem with the way that 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 Candyman killed the cops because the whole movie he is invisible and you can only see him in the reflections. But when this final scene, you can just see him and the cops can see him, no problem without mirrors or anything, and they're firing on him and they're getting murked and all that, and that's fine. But like the, the fact well, I that like, it was, the... it's because it was Anthony's body. Like the mm. Candyman came through through Anthony's body, so he was. Oh, the, okay, that's yeah. that's why I read it as. And then we just saw Tony Todd's face come out of uh, like it changed to to Tony Todd's face right at the end, and it looked so yeah. bad. I- like it was cool whenever he's walking around the cop car and you see in the reflection like all the different faces of the candy men. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was cool. And then, but yeah, at the ending when the bees are obstructing, and they finally move, and it was just like it looked worse than the the Star Wars like de-aging. Oh my god, uh, that's what I said. Is the risk? Uh, I was like, this is so much worse than the Star Wars ones. If you have people have a problem with those, this looks way worse. Um, yeah, this is the uh, grandma or grand. Moff Tarkin like minus like five years. Oh uh, way well, this budget's way lower. Um, yeah. I, I thought the CGBs. No, no, it doesn't feel low until then. The CGBs yeah. are the other thing I don't like. The CGBs don't look that good. Yeah, uh, compared to the original, yeah. where they use the real bees always, and the and it is fucking real as fuck. And you're just Tony Todd's tongue is like covered in bees at one point, and the original you're just like, how yeah. the fuck did they do this? Um, he probably oh, so got there's stung. a story. Apparently, yeah, he got stung so a lot. In his clause, in his contract, he gets paid an extra however many thousand every time he gets stung. That was his agreement to do it. And I think he got stung like a hundred times. He made a shit ton of money just off the bee stings. Um, oh, yeah. The, the the, they, they originally, apparently, they wanted Eddie Murphy to be Candyman, but they couldn't afford him. And. Uh, uh, and he that was why, one of the reasons why, also, because of the, can, the bee stings. Like anyone who's gonna do this would have to be okay with getting stung. Yeah, which is like, oof. So, so, so the the so honestly, this is one of those movies where I th- was like, this is easily in four town, perhaps in four and a half town, you know, for like the whole movie. And then the ending, I hated so much with that cop, the shitty acting, and Tiana Paris is great. So it's not her fault. It's oh not, no, not at it's all. It's not, and it's not the the performances of Yahya Abdul Medin or Coleman Domingo. It's just this feels very rushed, and the movie's very similar runtime to the original. It's uh, I think this one's a hundred or uh, hour thirty five, 
And I think the original's an hour 39 or something like that. I don't know. Wow, I didn't even realize this movie was that short. Like, it didn't feel long in any way. It feels perfectly paced. I just didn't realize it didn't it seem It was perfectly that short. paced until the end. That's where it, yeah. that's where it shoot, in my opinion, um, showed its, uh, that itself. I thought it could have been another 15 minutes easily. Um, and so it's very rare I found- that I suggest, I think a movie needs to be longer, but I think it in this case. Yeah, I would I would be down with an extra ten minutes. Um, but just I, for I the found ending, the just for the ending, no yeah, yeah, other things. Yeah. That was flawless, 100%. and I wouldn't change anything about any of it. Um, um, but yeah, but I I found the thing. So he negotiated a thousand dollars bonus for every beasting, and he received, according to this, is twenty three beastings. So he got an extra twenty three grand for the beastings. So and back in nineties money, like this came out what nineteen ninety ninety two. Um, that's you know that's not bad, especially for oh, the budget. Oh, we're um, we're missing a piece about Coleman Domingo's character and why he exists. He when he was a kid, there was a Candyman in the seventies who was wrongfully beat to death by police, um, for killing kids with candy, and uh, and he met him once and was there when he got killed, and that's why Coleman Domingo's got this connection to that candy man and in, and to be fair in the original movie there is a little boy who um who is connected to the candy man he doesn't like he's not abducted or anything but he's like he views the candy man as this like force of good kind of but like neutral good um chaotic good kind of being um in, in that scene when he uh when he's talking about the the flashback when he's telling anthony and at the laundromat about it all the uh, that's whenever the the first hint of like the cyclical thing is really put in because he's like well the uh, uh my candy man was known as this uh, uh was known as this guy sherman that making it set up as like oh there have been multiple candy men and then you get the whole uh story um which i, I feel like is later or it might be all in the part of the same scene but um but that I like that too because that means meant that the it told me at that point that the the, the Tony Todd's Candyman is part of this and this is uh like a, a continuation of that because he was the '90s Candyman. But that was cool. I don't know. This I I like so much about this movie. We didn't really talk about like the lighting or the cinematics or anything of it, but it was like it's, it's shot very beautifully. It's it's the way that the story structure is with, with the flashbacks and everything like is very well uh paced i love all the symmetry of like the wide shots with the single person standing in the middle those were all so beautiful um it's really yeah it just it, it's yeah, like you said uh, add 10 minutes on to the end and this is a perfect film like a, a perfect horror film uh yeah but i think it's a big i don't like it's it's not like it, that's a small knock for me i think it really I don't know. I really didn't like the ending part. Um, the last like 20 minutes, I didn't like the way it was executed. It wasn't the plot choices or anything, but it was mm-hmm. the way it was. And it being so short, that's like pretty decent chunk of the movie. Um, so I, yeah, I'm ready to score it and, uh, I'm giving it a three and a half. Interesting. Interesting. I was thinking I was sitting at a four all week um 
I easily could see a four. I could easily yeah. see a four. But and I almost gave it a four, but I was like, no, I gotta if Suicide Squad's a three and a, I started looking at my other three and a halfs and I was like, yeah. this is the same this is good. A three and a half is a very good. Is very good. And this is that to me. I I like this about as much as I like Suicide Squad. Uh, Suicide Squad. I, I I like Suicide Squad a little better, but that's just because it's a genre. The kind that of movie, into. yeah. That's your uh, kind of movie. But this I like just as much, and it was a completely different genre and all that. So that's, I I think I'm gonna give it a four. But I I. But yeah, the for me the what keeps it from like a four and a half or above is this. The, I walked away too confused, and not the confused is like, oh, this movie made you think, but the confused of like. I feel like this did. I don't understand why this happened. This feels I thought. I was like, underexplained. I thought there was. A, yeah, I feel like I had to really do some mental gymnastics to fill any. What I thought were at first were plot holes. Yeah. Um, and that's that's it. That's why for me, three and a half. But it's very good. It's a, like if you're into horror, this is great. Modern horror movie. This is a great modern mm -hmm. horror movie. And yeah, this like, is up there with like like it follows and stuff like of those like the new wave horror. Or in, well, like us, and, us and Get Out. Um, definitely the us. Yeah. I think it feels it feels more in line with us than probably Get Out. Um, mm -hmm. but uh, definitely in that wave. And like I said, Lovecraft Country, all these kind of this like black horror um wave that's been going on the last uh, five years. Uh, but yeah, I think we should move on because I do have a fantasy draft after this. Oh no worries. I didn't. Uh, were we on that too long? <laughs> no, no, no. I just want to get. I just want to make sure we move on to the next one. Oh, we're, oh, we're an hour in though already. So that that makes sense. Yeah, we are past. We did go in. I knew we wouldn't. Candyman. Oh, bonus. Candyman, nineteen ninety two. I also give a three and a half, just for different reasons. Um. Yeah, I, think, I gotta. I gotta watch the whole thing. I think it's worth. It's worth it. Um. It's short. And like, if you're just like, put it on. I put it on in the background while I worked. Um. And it's just, it's uh, different. It's way more serious. Um, and it's got its own, f I think because of its super seriousness, it gets a little dull. Because there's like, it's just constantly intense. It kind of feels like a shittier, like seven or something like that. Like they're going for that kind of vibe. Um, gotcha. right. Annette. 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 This movie oh, is buck fucking <sighs> wild I, keep, I i can't stop thinking about this movie and i thought i like me and Riss went through moments it's long and through these moments yeah, you're like so do long. i do i hate this do i love this do i hate this do i love this that is this the, movie. that is how i feel about this i and don't anyone know who hasn't seen this this movie is is wild but not in a sense of like wild the plot isn't wild yeah it's, it's not climax this is. isn't climax it's, yeah it's just it's, it's just fucking how it it weird. does this it's you know executed. pretty you know done before story but it's just fucking oh my oh, god it's a, it's a quintessential opera story if you're if yeah. you're familiar with musicals and even much more i think opera um i saw don giovanni a few years ago or like a couple of years ago and uh the story beats aren't the same but they're like very basic in that regard. Like in an opera, there's only a few characters and they kind of interact one-on-one -on -one always. Mm -hmm. And there's always these, they ha in an opera, everyone sings all the time. So, you know, they're going to be singing in very monotonous. They're not going to be like, there's a difference between an actual song and when they're just yeah. singing their dialogue. And this is singing dialogue. And I don't know if it works all the time, 
but it doesn't. It, 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 <laughs> it happens, and it's it's uh, the the commitment to this vision is commendable. Um, this movie gets me excited, but it was it's just a challenge. This is yeah. not for everyone. This is if you, Suicide Squad is one of your favorite movies, this might be hard for you. Um, I can, so this is the thing. Like I, while I will say this is not on my alley. I do not like musicals outright. I'm not a, not really a fan. And this I, is coming from somebody who's been a lead in a musical in middle school and have gone to all of your musicals. I've been to operas. I've been to so many like product like like Broadway style production musicals in my life. I just am not a fan. I would rather see a play. But I, while I don't think that I don't I don't. I don't know. I don't. Oh, it's so hard. This, I didn't hate it. I didn't, but I didn't like it. If that makes sense, like it's just. But I appreciate it. The um, this. I mean, this isn't like. I, I feel like if you, your opinions, not yours, but one's opinions of musicals and operas should not really. I don't think. I think it's. You should know it's well, kind of like those, but it's also yeah. nothing. It's also nothing like those. So like, you could yeah. easily like come out of this. If you're really into film, then you might just like this period, regardless how you feel about musicals. Yeah, and I, I and I meant to say like I while I don't like musicals, I don't hate that. Like this is this is something entirely of its own. I feel this is it's weird. This it's is so, an art ass movie, that's for sure. But it's a it's yeah. ma- it's not a minimal movie. This isn't a subtle movie. This is a maximal no, movie. Uh, grand. Throw the kitchen sink at this movie is what this director is doing. Um, There's puppets. There's, like I said, music. There's singing. Um, There is uh, big grand... Heavy-handed metaphors. (laughs) Grand sets. Um, Grand, yeah, heavy, heavy. Long monologues. Uh, Stand-up comedy. So, which, which isn't funny. The stand-up comedy that's not funny. But I think it's the, it is in the world. It's like dark black. It's funny, but it's this dark black coffee uh, the, comedy. I thought the second stand-up of Adam Driver was better than the of Henry McHenry. Was better than the first one. Yeah, I, I thought, thought the first were... stand-up was just bad, and, but it was like part of like it's it's not. I took it as this isn't him doing his actual stand-up set. This is just what he's perceiving. I think I'm it, I think it's a little of both, where it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be more of an like illustrating his what kind of character he is in yeah, his performance yeah. style. Um, he's but, very much like an evil Bo Burnham. I kept uh, the first set, <laughs> his first set. Um, a couple of those bits are very similar to a Bo, Bo Burnham bits. Um, yeah. And Riss said it too. Like we both said at the same time, like that's Bo Burnham bit. Uh, <laughs> when he starts talking about making people laugh and the physical, like your larynx and like the yeah. music and like the use of the backing track, Bo Burnham does that so fucking much. Um, mm-hmm. Where like, there's like a backing track ready to go and just starts playing in the middle of his it's joke about something. Um, yeah. and like the, the gunshots that was dark as fuck. And this is, it's like, yeah. a just jet black comedy Bo Burnham is what it feels like. The, like through the first about half hour of the movie, me and risk kept saying, it's just like, this is like inside vibes. Um, like the dark, dark, you know, musical comedy. Um, but then it did, it, it did not stay that way. It did not stay no. that way. No, um, the, 
Oh man, I so there's so many bits about this. So like, I laughed out loud at the second comedy bit skate when he's just like, "So I tickled her a little bit, and then nothing, and then I tickled her a mild amount, and then I tickled her wildly, and he starts sticking his tongue out, just like ah." I was like, I was I thought that was genuinely. The audience wasn't laughing. I was like, "Well, you guys are, you guys are, are boring." So apparently, but, um, so this film is directed by Leo Leo's Carax, uh, French director. And screenplay is by Ron Mayle and Russell Mayle. Um, they're known as the Sparks Brothers. And there is another, I think it's a uh, documentary done by Edgar Wright that came out in, the, in this year that is about the Sparks Brothers. Apparently they're this um, English band. Um, I think they're English. No, they're from California. And um, that, like an underground indie band that is very underrated, and they did um, several of the songs for this film. The, notably, the opener, um, May, "May We Start," uh, is probably my favorite song. That's a, my problem. Oh, with this the, is, yeah. the, the problem with this is that they, the the beginning song is the best song, and I'm yeah. like, this, down. the first half hour of the movie, I'm just like, yes, this vibe is awesome. Like I am so here for this. It's grand. It's in your face. Every Adam Driver is just acting off all over the stage, uh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and Marion so Marion Cotillard is also fantastic. Apparently, she did all the singing, uh, not all of it, but most of the singing, uh, the opera singing, and everything. Um, Talia Al Ghul. Uh, she's great. Um, did you just? Did you just? Did you just call her? Talia, Al- did you just reference yeah, Bat- that- Batman? Yeah, she she plays Talia Al Ghul. All right, all right, all right. You could have referenced her character in Inception, or oh yeah, you know, that that's the, the one that I like. Or all the other what, good, all the other movies, you know. When we when we were watching, it was just like, oh, I like I couldn't think of what it was. I was like, ah, Dark Knight Rises. Oh Talia yeah, honestly, I forgot she was in that. I honestly forgot she was in that. It always comes. I back. I forgot she was in Inception, to be honest. It always comes <laughs> back to the cape shit. Um, she's, uh, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio's beau in that movie. Life. Yeah, her life. But, uh, so she, yeah, Marion Cotillard's an opera singer, Adam Driver's a comedian, um, they fall in love, and, um, the guy from, Simon Helberg, who is the, um, guy from the Big Bang Theory, not the main one, He's great. but, like, the second one, he has a oh, yeah. smaller role in the, in the first half of the movie, he's barely in it. But in the, in, second half, in the second half, he's in a lot. And it's, that's very opera-like, where they introduce yeah. all the characters in the beginning, and then some of them may not appear again until the second until the second half, like after the intermission. Me and Riss straight up did an intermission, because this movie isn't... It's two, it's two and a half, two hours, 20 minutes. So it's not like the longest movie in the world, um, but it felt like a musical length to me. Um, not in a bad way, just did. Uh, but yes, the Big Bang Theory guys in it. I thought his performance was excellent once he was actually on oh, the screen. Oh, so good. Um, and uh, yeah, um, the say there's a puppet. There's a marionette named Annette. I don't know if that's supposed to be a pun or or what or what, but marionette oh, the Annette, and uh, she is hideously ugly. And I don't. She's not yeah. supposed to be, but God, do I hate the way that she looks. So. I thought, and I when I when it goes to the shot of the ape cradling the puppet, I was like, okay, ape of man, that's ape uh, of god, maybe yeah. that or ape of god. I mean, yeah, maybe like she's supposed to look half ape, 
because of he's the ape of God. And yeah, that's his I don't. Thing. I, I think that's just, just the style they were doing. Then it, yeah, but that as as the puppet went on, I don't know. I have so many just like I have so many thoughts of this that are just so ridiculous. Once the puppet comes in, it completely changed my mood on the film. Yes, the puppet, on. The puppet changes everything, and at first and I don't it's for the. And the oh, puppet gets right. less ugly. The puppet does get less ugly, but in the beginning, it is just butt ugly, and it's these giant yeah. ears and weird eyes. It's just like, and it's got this texture because it's made of wood. Yeah, it looks like paper mache almost. In oh, certain yeah, scenes. yeah, it looks so bad. It looks so bad. Um, like intentionally, I guess. And then the thing that makes it even creepier is this is some of the best puppet work I've ever seen in my life. So the it's very lifelike the way that this puppet it's not like you can tell that it isn't lifelike like it isn't one to one like a human but it is so good that it's like really unc- it is like uncanny valley to me the oh I I thought it moved so like stiff or not at all or they just like camera cut around to not show it doing certain things oh like, man I, no once wow. it starts flying no it's fantastic once it starts like doing the performances once it's that age like the one the hands it does like hands and stuff it looks so good it's just like cre- it's like uncanny valley and because it's so ugly it adds to the creepiness i i'm like it's good it's so good that it makes it weird and i'm sure that's part of the intention um and there's a lot of symbolism in this movie that goes right over my head. I have not I would have to watch this more and dwell on it more. And I don't know how I've got the time to do that because but um the there's a lot going on with the puppet. And uh Yeah, I the I mean obviously there's like the the puppet is just represented uh, like I took it assuming it's supposed to be is just like it's the um and this is the heavy-handed metaphor thing I was referencing. It's just like uh, this is just the their child is just a tool for their yeah for their, their own parents. lives yeah. Which is one is for the mom is for getting revenge on Adam Driver and Adam Driver is just to be successful and have money. Um, um, but the, which towards the end though, I feel like it start that's that motivation starts losing it a little bit because they don't really go into showing Adam Driver like really living. They have one little montage of him saying he's going out for the night to let off some steam. But other than that, it just doesn't, it doesn't, I can't tell no, what they, he's in. No, all. they don't. They have a song where he's banging all about banging chicks. He's a song about where he goes to the club all over the world as what's her name's touring. Yeah. That's during that. I need to go let off some steam. And then that whole song goes up, but I guess, I don't know. I, it, it uh, it seemed so minuscule in the grand scheme, like the grand size of the movie and the trip and all that. But I guess I didn't read it as, as being that. Um, well, and like she's using her her fame, like it's like vicarious fame now. Like he yeah, is, it's, yeah. it's it's so, and she's like cult status famous. The uh, the oh, this is a random thing, but it has to do with the doll. But I love that Adam has Kevin Gates energy when he has the. Uh, so there was this video a while ago of Kevin Gates had his like infant looking baby on his lap in a convertible with no seatbelts driving very fast on a windy highway. And then in this movie, you've got Adam driver baby on his lap on his motorcycle with no helmets driving at night. And I'm just like, man, this guy doesn't give a shit. Well, there's a Uh, lot of really cool shots of, of uh, Adam driver on a motorcycle. And in the beginning, they even track um, them singing on the motor, on a motorcycle 
um, mm. and driving alongside, and it's lined up perfectly, and it looks so cool. There's so many of that. Like I was like, man, this shot would be so hard to get. Um, uh, like, those I love the use of uh, the 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 shot on shot, like picture on picture, like where it's like half opacity, and uh, there's so much of that in this movie of like. Yeah, uh, that, that's a that reminds me of Lynch a lot. Hmm. David Lynch loves to do uh, do that. Yeah, but really well in this, especially in like the driving scenes and stuff. Um, they do a lot of of that with with the motorcycle. And um, well, no, we and we should mention that halfway through the movie, Adam Driver kills Marion Cotillard. And um, they are like on this on a boat, and it's the the cover for the movie um, has them like dancing on a wave, and that's it looks like she's into it, but she's not, and she's being forced by um, Adam Driver, and uh, she falls off, and uh, the it's almost like a it's just green screen waves behind them, um, yeah. and it like doesn't it looks so like a movie like a theater set but just a yeah. like a visual background, you know? And it looks mm. so cool. I love yeah, I the way that looked. It looked like they, very... that's, they'll have some water splashing or something to like mm. keep the immersion, but it's basically just them in front of a green screen. And the, and like, it's obviously 2d, like they're in front of all the, all of it. Um, yeah. It, well, yeah, some of the waves that they have are like literally like tsunami sized and crashing, but it's not really affecting the boat. But like, but it works because it makes me really like, I I took it as also symbolism for the relationship and 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 Adam Driver's state of mind during this all and everything too. It was just like, like he's just a chaotic mess right now, and you know it it that's what you get out of it. There um, are there are big portions of the movie that keep the aesthetic of the stage in mind, um, and I think that's one one in particular um obviously when they're actually on stages when they're performing and whatnot but uh but that was felt like very the way it was put together remind me of uh, a theater stage um it, it's beautiful there's a lot of beautiful color there's a lot of beautiful shots um is long long beautiful shots like i said the all the motorcycle shots are gorgeous um there's like um, they live in like this forest wooded area and, uh, and then he's like rides his bike through the woods and stuff. And it, that always looks so perfect. Um, yeah, this movie's put together perfectly. There's, sorry. Um, what did you think? Uh, what are you thinking? I was going to say, um, the one thing that I, I'm assuming was just meant to be just like a foreshadowing thing. But like when she has the dream, when uh, Anne has the dream in the car and of yeah. like six women confronting for abuses and warning her about his rage. Uh, obviously, that's foreshadowing to the future, but it's just like, yeah. so is that not real then? That that's what I didn't, I didn't understand that either. Uh, and I didn't know if you you had a better idea on that. Than no, I, we did. That was, was the one thing that we did not, that we did not understand. Um, and yeah, I didn't it, get to, it, I did not look into it either. I took that as maybe it's like, she's seen a glimpse of his anger before. And maybe that was just like a dream of fear. Like, a, you know, cause they, it's like the, the Freudian thing of dreams are your biggest fears or biggest desires or whatever. So maybe it was like, I think she if, just dreamt. Like, it. don't know this man or, yeah, I think I I say like there was another little song part about um oh there's something wrong but we don't know what you know, we don't know what it is but it's going to drop, you know, it's going to hit soon. 
Like they, there was multiple little songs about that. Like there's just something feels off. I don't know what it is and it's going to happen soon. Um, I think we need to talk about the biggest portion of this movie though. I would say is the most important sequence of this movie. And that is, it's the super, I'm sorry, the hyper bowl baby. And four drones bring down <laughs> baby Annette. Baby Annette, who's apparently, I looked it up, is supposed to be a two year old in this sequence. Oh, yeah, yeah. After oh, and, Annette is a baby. Yeah, fucking. That oh announcer guy God. kept making me laugh with this. <laughs> and now, <laughs> so baby Annette. I- that was the point where I realized, like, all right, this movie is uh, is it's not like you know, it's not like art house taking itself too seriously. This is like, in, this is all self aware at this point. Like, there's no way that this was like what like this is this is all part of it because it becomes very campy in points with the doll and like it becomes uh you know kitschy and all that. But it's like. But from that point, I kind of got in. It's like, all right, I'm understanding what this is. I'm fine with it now. This is absolutely ridiculous, but it's supposed to be absolutely ridiculous. I I'm, I'm I saw a review that had a really good quote, and I was like, this nails it on the head. And if once you understand this, that it's easier to um to take the film in. And it is a delicate balance between farce and fantasia. And that is absolutely this is high art and parody. It is comedy. It is drama. It is an opera. You know, it, it, the structure of it yeah. is an opera. Um, it is, there's highly metaphorical things. Um, there's just like a, in the very beginning, there's random sound waves on the screen and it just doesn't explain. There's actually <laughs> waves come up multiple scenes. I think someone's in the, mm-hmm. when she's having the baby, they show like, yeah. a monitor and it's got crazy waves. And there's, there's but like, all the waves go waves. to the beat of the song. Yes, yes, yes. And then like the waves when, you know, uh, Anne is, I, I think we didn't mention Anne is the name of Marion Cotillard's character. Uh, when she, uh, when the, she gets killed on the boat, there's waves. Waves. So waves is a big theme of this, um, and yeah, baby Annette being a tool of her parents, and I mean it's much more so like she is a tool of her mother, but her mother was murdered. Um, yeah, I'd say it's less on the mom, but when at the end, but in the, the, jail ex- scene, the expectation. It, yeah, it's like uh, she can't have her own life if she has to represent her mom or whatever. But I, but the only reason she's even representing her mom or anything is Adam Driver. So I was I just like at the end where she kept saying I, I can't forgive you both. That's like I I I took it as when Anne is like I'm gonna haunt you through her. Well, I yeah, took it as that's like selfish. Yeah, <clears throat> but how would Anne know? But I guess this is fantasy. Anne just knows that uh, in her little her yeah. little two year old her... marionette body. Um. um <clears throat> Yeah, you got to suspend belief on certain things like this. But it's a movie like this you're supposed to, you know. It's you're either all in on this or you're not, I feel like. And well, what makes it I want to explain what makes it farcical is a lot of the songs are not even the songs, but usually the dialogue singing is very literal. Everybody's singing mm-hmm. about what they're doing and it's like I love you, I love you or we're in 
we love each other so much we're in love now yeah we're in love now something's bad something feels off it's very very literal um there's a lot of depth to what you see on the screen and the visuals but the the dialogue singing is very shallow and then you have a scene where where adam driver's on the stage and all of a sudden it's this dump of of real depth in 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 the dialogue and the performance and everything and um it's just super it's weird it's like almost jarring like oh shit we're having real things happening now um like they're talking about real uh, much more than just you know what you're seeing on the screen or whatever uh the ending made me cry and i honestly don't even know why um it was really, really sad it was really really sad it um, was bad yeah the that ending shot of adam driver looking through the, the like the 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 visitor room window as it pulls out was, i i'm like i shouldn't feel bad for this guy but man do i fucking well, I feel bad for the kid but, that little girl is and, ki- killing it in that her acting oh, and sure. singing in that scene it's that little, little girl is yeah. amazing um, yeah like that whole interaction setting up that final shot of the pullback was just like man there's just so much so much like hurt you just so, saw so in the end um the puppet turns and like it's revealed that there's a real girl and she like the puppet i don't know it's like the puppet becomes a real girl the real girl appears beside the puppet and the puppet is cast aside it kind of shows a little bit of both those things um it's like shedding she's like taking her own life and yeah like now i'm gonna i'm taking her life into her own hands and like i'm not gonna do this anymore and blah 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 um and she, yeah, the performance from this girl is really good. Little girl is really good, and she sings really good. Um, and it's not the same singing as the puppet, but uh, um, yeah, really good. Did you stay for the credits? Because there was a w- the credits had like uh, everyone in the I cast with balloons and stuff. It was like this big long visual. Yeah, you got to stay for the credits. Oh man, no, yeah, we yeah, I, you missed stuff. I turned, yeah, I turned it off and we to, we started playing Metal Gear last night. Um. I figured it was like it, it. It didn't seem like the kind of movie to have a post credits thing. Well, it's not uh, like post credits. It was like playing during like the whole cast like was like walking down a hill and like sit chanting and like they had these colorful balloons and uh, it was really cool. And after having such a somber moment at the end, there was like this. It was just I don't know melancholy and sweet, and I really liked it. Have to, yeah, I have to go back and watch that. That's uh, that sounds. That sounds pleasant, actually. Uh, but there's, yeah, I don't know. I'm talking it out makes me like this movie more. Um, this, this movie's really but, good. It's just the it's not for everybody, and it's it's super challenging. Um, and it's like yeah, I could talk myself into not liking it, but I I like so much about it. I this was a movie yeah. where I so for the whole movie I was like, this is cool. I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. Maybe it's three-ish. Maybe it's four. Um, and then the ending, I loved so much. Like, it was the reverse of what it's usually happens, where the ending makes me like it less. And yeah, yeah. Um, this ending was so good to this weird-ass fucking movie. Like, how do you end a movie like this? You know? It's like, I don't even know. If you would have gave me this movie three-fourths of the way done and said finish it, I don't know what I do, what, how I would do it. Um, but it's so it's done so well and um it's beautiful. This is a beautiful film. It's a weird as fuck. I don't know if I could watch it very often. Um or like at least need to let it breathe before I see it again. Yeah. But, uh I really liked it a lot. 
a big thing, and this will, could be my closing thoughts uh, per se, but the I, immediately coming off of this movie, I I just kept thinking about like, you know, like how how do we push cinema farther with things? Like obviously, going from like the seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, like technology is usually what helps drive it, and then along with like taking what's been done before and how do we do it different and all that stuff. But in, in watching this movie it was just kind of like we're getting these such interesting things or some it's still it, it raised the question yet again to me like how much farther do we push cinema I'm not saying that this push cinema is like so far this is nothing groundbreaking it's just so it is it was so unique and pe- peculiar to me like yeah this is uh, this is uh, well, it takes genres that i don't think get used as much in the modern age um yeah being musicals and opera um and takes those um and takes the structures of those things, opera structure, yeah. and makes and adds some kind of modern narrative and and modern filmmaking techniques to that. Um, it's very old and new, and uh, I think it th- thus made something very unique and new. Um, weird. Yeah. Oh yeah. We we didn't mention that there are um, long shots of Adam Driver eating pussy in this movie. Oh God, no. Oh, I have yeah, I have this written down, and we we I didn't get to say it, but. The uh the shots of them having sex very much look like a uh, a Sistine Chapel painting style thing or like a Greek sculpture. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and everything because he's like super muscular. She's very like tone, and everything is just like the the way that they were having sex is like not a comfortable way to have sex, but it looked like it was. It's It's trying to make it like a painting. Yeah, that's definitely what I was trying to do. Um, Yeah, well, I thought it was cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, it was really cool. it was very. It made. It was very tasteful. Uh, uh, sex. Like it was, it's not anything. Like I wouldn't. You know, like be, feel uncomfortable sitting next to my grandparents during that scene or something. Um, but the the pussy eating. That's a different story. Uh, so some a couple things before we rate it. Um, apparently originally this was uh, Rihanna was uh, eyed to be Anne. Um. Really? Then she was replaced with Rooney Mara. Um, then she was replaced with Michelle Williams. Um, then, which ended up with Marianne Cotillard. Um, Michelle Williams and Rooney, Rooney Mara being, you know, big indie queens of the last decade. Um, I could see either of them in it. I wondered if the singing was a was a reason or um, or what. I could you? See, I couldn't see Rihanna in this role. <laughs> I would say if depending on the direction and the and the the acting coaches and the sound co- like the, the 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 coaching behind the scenes, I I feel like I I feel like it could be done from the singing and musical standpoint, but for the regular like spoken dialogue, obviously it's still like sung, but I feel like that wouldn't have landed as as well. Also, you might the whole time just being like, I can't believe this is Rihanna, and then that might take you out of it. Um. Yeah, and that can like yeah, it'd be interesting if she did the opera singing and and if um, I think she could I think she I think the it. acting I think demands I think the acting demands might be too much. It's not, you know, yeah. battleship. Same. Uh, Same. Not that she <laughs> not that I wouldn't want to see her act more. It's just going from battleship to this is yeah. uh, quite the leap. Um in terms of demands. Uh, so, I agree. I agree with that. So with this, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna just throw my score out there because I feel good about it. I'm gonna give it a four. Oh wow! 
Nice. I think it's a like I said, is this is not everyone's four, but this is a four for me. Yeah. That's I agree. I I, I see it. I'm not giving it a four. I I came off the movie with a three. Uh because the the songs weren't that memorable outside of the opening song. There um, were some I, uh, some memorable, but the opening is like straight up infectious. Yeah, and I just felt like there was a lot of repeating of stuff, but which is that's kind of what the, musicals the have reprise. Um, yeah, there's like reprises. Yeah. So that's part of the um, but the uh I I felt a lot of just like I the performances in this were so good that I just kept wondering like would I like this if it wasn't this cast? Um and then just the um what's it called? Um the puppet stuff like i get what it's doing and i think and it it pays off in the end for sure but just i felt like some of the ridiculousness might have just been a little too much but i i don't know i kind of leaning to a three and a half now but i do it do it do it do it do it i'm I'm torn because i knocked the camera over (laughs) um i don't know because i i don't know though as we've talked about it more i've liked it it's, but I definitely came really, out to being like it's really well made. It's well crafted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it's nothing. Any knocks I have, nothing. To, it's it's um, just, it's just a it's a hard to digest. When I after the first half hour, I was like, Corey's wow. gonna love this movie. And then after about a, about two hours in, I was like, Corey's, oh, yeah. Corey's gonna hate this movie. No, like, first half, yeah, first half hour, I'm on board. I was like, this is pretty cool. This is interesting. I like where this is going. From the doll on, from the doll being born until the drone scene, I was just kind of like, "This is just so ridiculous." I this is this is when art gets too far up its own ass, and then oh, this the is drone maximal scene art. And you know, yeah. I'm not a big maximal art guy. You know, I'm always been a prefer of the of minimal. This is yeah, you're less is more, which I'm kind of in that camp too. But, yeah, but this the, is an example of more is more, and um, the, and it's not for everybody. The, yeah, but once the drones hit, it may, I got it. It was just like, all right, this is meant to be. This is parody. Like this is meant to be as ridiculous as fucking. Wait, possible. we're going. On, wait, um, the announcer. The announcer. Not only was he just like, you know, after all, she is. Uh, nervousness is to be accepted. Expected. After all, she is a baby. And, and then, then they they set her like, up three times, three to times to do it, and she doesn't do it. And then that after the last one, the announcer like off the mic is just like, like hurry up, you fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was Adam Driver at first, no, and I was no, like, wait, no, that wasn't his voice. Um, oh, but man, and then God, and then she's so just funny. like, my daddy kills people. <laughs> That's just fucking. Oh man, it's just so ridiculous. I and then the whole I thought the. Bert, like the scar thing on his face that kept getting bigger throughout yeah, the movie. Yeah, Being like the, the, like, I think I, it's like, like, like the, the mark of the beast, thing, I guess. Yeah. That's what Riss said. The mark of the beast because he kept referring to the beast earlier and he's... Uh, I I took it out because he keeps scratching at it from once it falls. I took it just like it's a, a metaphor for just like his guilt and shame just growing and growing. Because by the time he's in jail, it's at his biggest point, but he's actually like coming to terms with how shitty of a person he was. Um... I don't know. It's just wild. It was wild. I think I'm gonna give it a three and a half. But I'm. Uh, oh, I, it's oh, definitely oh, a movie oh, I'm not oh. gonna recommend to to yeah this people is, you, I know you, that aren't. Yeah, gonna... I mean you can say that you liked it, but I wouldn't be like. You can't oh, recommend this to your to your parents or something. 
You got no. this is for film heads. Half, only. Yeah. Half my friends I could not recommend this to. Uh, half I, of, I like, mean, my I film friends that would be into it, but yeah. Uh, I would see more. The, I, w- I would see more of this guy's films. Hopefully, if they're not as quite as long. But so I was, uh, I was this morning just out of curiosity when I was like going through like other people's thoughts on it just to kind of see what the, the the consensus was around the water cooler. Somebody on Reddit said that like if you thought this was super weird and out there, you should watch his earlier movie, uh, Holy Motors. Yeah, Holy Motors like, is supposed to be really good. That's what I heard as well. So we'll put it it's on. It's supposed the to be like way weirder than this. Um, so just for the in terms of my own ranking, I put I put uh, Candyman right below Suicide Squad and above Pig. And I thought that was a pretty solid place for it. Um, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd put it right right around Suicide Squad. Annette, I put. Um, I put it around Bo Burnham inside because the and I but it's right below Boy, for me above Heat. I like below, above Heat below Boy. Oh, this is better than Heat. This is definitely better than Heat. Uh, sorry, you to just you those, hated those people heat. out there. I didn't. It was so boring. Oh, it could have been a good film. There's there's so many great moments in that movie, but it just paced so poorly. It's, heat is a maximal film. You want to talk about a maximal film? Heat yeah. is a maximal film. It's very indulgent. The heat is that director's Zack Snyder's Justice League. Like, that's what I, like... Michael Mann. It's just... Yeah, it's Michael Mann's Justice League. Fucking... Um, but yeah, I would put it's better than Heat. I'd put this... I think Bo Burnham's Inside is better, uh, just because of it's more... It resonates with me it, more, it, but as yeah, far as it, a film... It feels fre- fresher of, a, of an idea and, and everything. Um, I don't know. Annette is definitely a fresh idea. No, like story wise, though, like this is this is a uh, it's a same, you know, I mean, it's not new story wise, it's new in how it's presented. Um, whereas inside to me felt completely new, uh, because it just felt like inside the mind, like breaking down somebody's mind from uh, who's essentially just been like locked away with their own thoughts for for however many months. All right. Um, I found it very more interesting, a lot more interesting. But anyways. Yeah, let's figure out what we're doing next week. If we can't, we can just end it. But because uh, I wanted to, we were going to meet and figure things out, but we didn't get a chance to. Um, so there's actually a lot of movies coming out in October. Um, Dune, um, Wes Anderson's next movie. Um, I think Edgar Wright's next movie also comes out. Yeah, I saw the trailer for that, and I don't. it doesn't feel like an Edgar Wright film. I know, I'm really might excited. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for it. Um, there was a couple other things that I don't remember. I had a little short list of things coming out before the end of the year. So October is going to be busy. Um, so if there's anything, there's nothing really new that I need to see. Um, Val, I wanted to see the Val Kilmer documentary, but I don't. Th- yeah, I want to see that, but that's, it's. I feel like a doc is different for this. I, unless it's like really, really acclaimed, I don't. I don't think. Um, we can. We need to do it. Um, yeah. it's, it is eight twenty four, so I'm gonna have to do it from my eight twenty four list. I'm almost. I only have thirty movies left, and I want to finish it and make a essay video about it, like rank, like tier ranking or something like that, and just talking yeah. about the eight twenty four vibe. I was. I've been thinking about writing an essay uh, for a YouTube video. So we, um, I am doing that. When is the Matrix Four coming out? Is that Matrix, October? Is it's, that... it's like December, I think, is, it's supposed okay. to come out. Um, yeah, we've got time for that. So, yeah, I would like to do some of those director's movies. I'd like to do the David Lynch Dune. 
Um, I'd like to do a Denny Villanueva movie um, since we haven't we haven't done him right. No, we haven't. I'd like to do Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh. I haven't seen that movie yet. Oh yeah, I'd like to really see something cool. of his. It's not a franchise personally, but if you haven't seen that, I will watch it. Um, but that give me a chance to like like do a Blade Runner. We could do just a Blade Runner episode. Yeah, yeah. We'd have the, the original. half of doing a Blade Runner episode is explaining to people the cuts because there's like eight cuts of the original yeah. Blade Runner and half of them suck. Like, uh, doing the final cut and that's it or whatever. Whatever's the, the no, I, think I know the we have to watch right? one, but I'm just saying explaining them. Um, oh, um, that was me like talking to the audience, not to you. Sorry, we, no. sorry. we're doing the final cut and that's that. Or whatever cut we pick. Yeah. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, I, I don't know. We can do. We'll. Just, I think we'll have to. We'll have to figure it out. Unless there's. There was something I had right. in my main brain, but I didn't. I don't remember now. You said bring on the rock people. We're watching Noah. No, I don't want to watch <laughs> Noah. Um, let me just uh, see. Let me just see on a letterbox if there's any what people are watching it jar me nope not really i'm looking at the list i'm looking at the list right now um that's your pick otherwise it's your pick otherwise okay um if it's my pick then Oh, I don't know. What are you feeling? You you feeling a comedy? You feeling something more serious? I don't know. Just pick pick a director you want to see a movie from. Um, I mean, I've been. I feel like every week I have brought up killing 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 of a sacred deer just because I just I I I like the lobster a lot. Do you uh, want to do um but, two of his movies, or do you just want to do one? Um. Because all the other stuff I want to see, we can partner with newer movies coming out later. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like put that on on pause. Um, also, yeah. What else? Um, I just want to say while you're looking at that, the um anime podcast, best girl, the anime podcast. We are recording that tomorrow. Um, so that's going to be coming up and I, I don't know if, if Corey, if you're going strong and you don't want to miss any weeks, uh, that's fine, but we can use the anime one as a bonus episode or we can, uh, if you want to take a week off, we can use that to fill, um, the gap. Um, uh, I'm going, I, I'm going strong for now. Um, but once October is going to be very busy for me. So once, uh, so that might be something to talk about in October, but uh-huh. September I, I should be fine. I only have two, uh, two days in LA, um, in September. Uh, so I leave next Saturday. So I'll be able to do Sunday podcast, no problem. And then, uh, I, after that, I don't leave to, for LA until the 22nd. So, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm cool. What is today? Today is Sunday the 5th. Gotcha. But all right, yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to think on it because there's I keep seeing a movie I want to see, but then I'm like, nah, that would be paired good with a movie coming out later. Uh, yeah, I had ones in my mind, but I somehow I wiped myself, so I don't remember now. Um, I want to see more John Waters. I know that. I want to see. Um. Oh, like, me and Riss, I, I wanna... Oh, me and Riss wanted to see uh, Little Women is on. We have stars right now, and Little Women is on it, 
And we wanted to see Lady Bird um, to do a Greta Gerwig episode at some point. Oh, I noticed Slither from James Gunn is on Amazon Prime. I'd really like to watch that um, and do a James Gunn. Uh, I know we just did him, but if we wanted to do uh, yeah another one of him. Um, um, I mean, I, w- I definitely want to do like, uh, like I think, Fargo. I think, uh, I think doing ones that are on streaming, if we're not going to do new ones, are, is a good idea because it uh, allows people to watch with us yeah. without having to spend money. Um, I guess the two big ones that stick on the list for me right now are Midsummer and Fargo. I don't want to be... watch Midsummer again. Yeah, I figured. That's, I figured. Uh, I heard it's long. I can't believe you haven't watched it yet, honestly. Uh-huh. No, it just like never, never was the time, I guess, to do it. Because yeah, there's so much Lynch I want to watch. There's so much I would love to get in, do Edgar Wright stuff. Uh, I'd love to do, but it's about like I feel like stuff that we're going to do later in preparation for the newer movies. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll let's just instead of eating up time on the podcast, we'll I will text about it. Um, there's so many on this list. Ah oh, man. Mm, all right all right yeah you should probably yeah i try to think of the ones i want to do beforehand so you should do that so that we uh don't do ha- get to this point you there yeah sorry i was reading um but yeah that's fine we'll uh yeah make you you need to make your own short list so when it's time for you to decide you're ready to go um copy that all right. All right. Well, then I'm ending in here. Um, I'll post on the social medias what we're doing next week. Um, and, uh, yeah, look out for the an- Best Girl Anime Podcast. Make sure you follow us on everything Spotify. Subscribe on YouTube. Like on Facebook. Um, I'll run Apple Music and all the other things as well, the audio. And, uh, yeah, if you have suggestions for uh, something you want to see in an episode, feel free to let us know. I've actually had some friends hit me up over the past couple weeks, let me know that they've been listening and they, that they, you know, they pop in for episodes that they've, uh, um, seen the movies too. So if there's something that, you know, you really want to hear us discuss, let me know. And you're always welcome to join us in the Twitch chat, um, on Sundays when we record and, uh, you can join in and participate yourself. Um, but yeah, so I'm JP. Uh, you can find me at Slob Thomas and Corey's with a story. You got anything else to say to the kids? I'll see you on the next one. All right. My peace. <laughs>